you can have a seat. Rick's going to be preaching from 1 John 4, 7 through 11 this morning. It says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this, the love of God, was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Good morning. Um, Let me uh, pray for us, if I could. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given to us to gather today to, um, to see you, to be with you, Father. I pray, Lord, that your message that you love us would ring true in our brains today. God, um, prepare our hearts to hear uh, from, from you. Thank you for Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen. What is love? <laughs> uh, I asked that question earlier of Kelly and Josh, and that was, that was their response. Well done, Sheridan. Um, so what it, not, this is a not, not a rhetorical question. What is love? Jesus? Good. Sacrifice? (laughs) It's true. You you were about to say something? Patient and kind. Patient and kind, all right. Giving yourself to another, another. all right. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I want to I want to show a a couple of uh, a couple of movie clips that might help because like I feel like all the things that were just said were like all Bible things that you feel like you you were required to say and if we were like on a a Friday night after having just watched the latest rom com our definitions would be different like um, we just saw like some movie. You wouldn't say Jesus is love. You would say um, Tom Hanks really loves Meg Ryan or something like that. Um, so I want to show you a couple of clips to, to, uh, to get you in, into to that mindset. Um, roll it. You complete me. You told me you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believed in you. Always believed in you. Just didn't believe in me. I love you.
Andrew McCarthy tells her that he loves her always. Um, I think that, so like the, the, the answers that you just gave me were like, they're legitimate. They're, they're good answers. Um, but I think in the daily, I think that pop culture really has an influence on how we see and define love. And I'm not just talking about how Jesus loves us. But more, I'm talking about how we love our spouses, how we love our friends, how we love our neighbors, how we love um, everyone. Um, but for most of us, I think this is the reality of the way that we love people. We love the people who love us back. We love the people that are lovable. Um, we love the people that are easy to love. Um, but that's, that's not the kind of love that Jesus has for us, that, that God has for us. And, and more than that, it's not the kind of love that God has called us to. Uh, so I, I want to say this, that this passage Love is said a lot, and I've already said love many times this morning. Um, this passage is about love, but love is the gospel, and we can interchange the word love with the gospel here in this context. Their effects are interchangeable. Their definitions are interchangeable. So as we, we go through the next few weeks, you're going to hear me say a lot that God loves you. Um. And I want you to hear me say that today, that God loves you. But I think what, uh, what's said there, that God loves you, is way different than what we really understand. And I hope that that's what the next few minutes kind of show to us. Um, that God's love runs deeper than you could ever imagine. Um, so if you have your Bible, open it to 1 John chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen, and we're just going to slowly walk through um, these verses together. <clears throat> Starting in verse 7, that first word in our passage this morning, beloved, is a really important word. Um, it means one who is loved deeply. Um, and here, here's the thing, is that I... I love, I love you very much. And I could, I, I believe that I could, in, in honesty, say to you, beloved, in the sense that this word means. It's a, it's a deep love, and it's, it's calling you the person that I love. And I believe that I could rightfully and honestly say that to, to call you beloved. But here in this context, this is John writing to people that he loves deeply. And, and John, um, John writes almost exclusively, like the, the theme of all of his writings, so it was the Gospel of John and then his three epistles that he's written are just full of love. And, and he John is called the disciple who Jesus loved, and love is something that John knew and did 
well. And so for John to proclaim this, understand this, John here is speaking to us and calling us deeply loved. So everything that's following this, and, and beloved shows up several times in John, 1 John chapter 4, everything that, that follows this is elements and descriptions and, and, and like proofs of, of John's love for you. And then what comes after beloved here in verse 7 is really the, the heart of, of why John says he loves you, and, and I hope, and, and my prayer is why I say I love you is what comes after beloved. So, deeply loved person, let us love one another. Like, can I, this is, when we finish today, and, and when we go about our day, this is an incredible statement for a church to gather and rally around. Hey, loved person, let's love each other. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and know God and knows God. Um, in other words, John is saying this, I love you, I love you very much, and because I love you, I want to tell you what love is. I want to tell you what love does. I want to tell you where love comes from. I want to tell you what you are to do with this love that you've been given. So this is snap back here. Like love is the gospel and the gospel is love. And those things are interchangeable. And, and here in this chapter, at the beginning of our series, we're going to be talking for 11 weeks about the gospel. We're going to be talking for 11 weeks about love, how God has loved us and how he calls us to respond to that love with his love, and then how he calls us to respond in this context, in this room, in this room in the days and weeks to come, and then how he tells us to, to go and share and spend that love very intentional wording there, how God has given us a currency called love. And he has called us to go and spend that love in our communities and in our contexts. The call for us is to love one another because God has loved us. Um, verse 8. <clears throat> Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This is a hard verse because my initial reaction to this verse is that there is something about loving God that is a requirement of us in order to earn his love. Whenever I, have, whenever I read this verse, so I have, and, and likely some of you do, have this this quick knee-jerk reaction that I have to earn something from God. Like that's how I, many times, if I don't check myself, I'm viewing God, I'm viewing you, I'm viewing the world, and I'm viewing Scripture through this lens. I have to er do something to earn your love, your trust, your respect, something. I have to do something. And, and I can, 
impose that idea on this verse. But if you look carefully, that's not what it says. It's got nothing to do with your ability to love someone or something. What it says is anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. This verse is a reflection of love. I want to say this. If you struggle to love someone, remember I said a lot of times, and I think this is the reality for most of our lives, is that we love people who are lovable, and we love people who love us back, and we love people who love us the way that we want to be loved. And that's not real love. That's not this sort of love. So if you struggle to love someone, press into the love of Jesus. If you struggle to love someone, press into the gospel. Um, I had uh, this great illustration of a of, of physical thing to, to bring here today, but it, it, it popped. So if snow hadn't happened last week, I'd be preaching the sermon this week, and I would... It, it actually popped on, like, Sunday evening. So it, it was this, uh, this dog that you filled with air, and it became like this sled thing. So, like, you get on the snow with this dog filled up with air, and uh, it, it popped last Sunday night. So if it were here, what you would see is this dog with— so it, it's, you like, it's a big round blue tube, essentially, and then they're— pieces of it on the outside that make it look like a dog. They're, they're like circles that are on the outside that are its feet on the front and then the back. And then it's got this really long, like this long of a neck and then a head and a face and all that stuff. So I was blowing this up early in the week because I knew snow was coming and I knew my family was going to want to, you know, ride this dog and down the hill. <laughs> um, so, um, so I'm filling it up and it's like, the centerpiece is full. Like, that's the first piece that gets full. And it's like, I'm a little bit nervous because it, the, the seams are really being stretched because it's so full. But as, as it, I continue to press air into this dog, the, like, the feet that are really just circles begin to, to fill up. And, and it was like, once was like kind of wrinkled and, and it just kind of fills up, right? And then, this was the cool part, the the, the face of the dog, because its neck was not full, was like planted into the, into the floor. And as it filled up, like it just kind of raises, like the whole neck raises up. And it would, be, it would be beautiful to like be showing you this right now, but I have to move my arms. But eventually the dog is like up and at attention and all of the seams are now full. And I, I believe that most of our lives are spent with just that little circle filled up. And the, the extremities of us are, are not the way they were designed to be because it's easy, like, let's just be real and honest. It's, it's easy to love people that love you, right? It's hard to love people that don't love you. But, but look at verse 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And, and again, the, the reaction is, oh man, I don't love. I must not know God. That's, my, that's where I internalize myself. And then I, just, I spend days and weeks about 
just wandering around in misery and writing my journals ugly thoughts and I feel really bad about myself. But that's not what this is saying. What this is saying is if when you look at your own heart and realize that you only love lovable people, or you only love people that love you back, you only love people that love you the way you want to be loved, that's not love. And the antidote to that sort of not love is God. It's not if you, lo- if you know God, you're going to do this. That's not what this verse is saying. What this verse is saying is when you look at your own heart and see ugly, I don't love people well, the response ought to be press into how much God loves you. And that's the purpose of these next 11 weeks is to press into the gospel because there's nothing in this world that will show you what love looks like like the gospel does. It's so vastly important for us to, to come to grips with that. And as this, like, I, I believe that to lead this church well is to push us towards the gospel and press it into the, to the extremities of our beings. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So this is us pressing into the love of God. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Um, you ever had, uh, like, there's a, the, What's, what's the sandlot? Um, the sandlot, there's a baseball that's signed by, do you guys know who the baseball's signed by? Babe Ruth. So they hit the ball over the fence, and it's, the dog's got it, and now we don't have a ball to play with. The little boy who doesn't know who Babe Ruth is says, I have a ball, and they play with the ball. Right? They play with a Babe Ruth baseball. And then he gets in so much trouble because they played with a Babe Ruth baseball. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. What is, like, sometimes the love of God is like that baseball on a shelf when all you really want to, like, it's the design of that baseball was not to sit on the shelf. The design of that baseball was to be to play baseball with. It's a baseball. And, and here's the incredible part is, think about this, is God's love is, is beyond our ability to comprehend. It's, it's abstract. It's ethereal. It's like it's on a shelf that we can't touch. But God made it manifest, and that word manifest just means like putting in a place where you can interact with it. So for God to put his love in a place where we can interact with it is what comes at the end of verse 9. He sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. So God putting his love where we can interact with it is taking it off of the shelf and, and, and allowing us to engage with it. It's him sending his son to this earth. It's 
Somebody said sacrifice earlier today about what love is. Love is about sacrifice. And I'm going to say this at the end. And I've said this in most of the messages that I've preached here in the last three months is that God is calling you and continually calling you to analyze your heart and your life and what's going on in your world and finding a place where you have something in plenty or in excess and then giving it away. This is what it means. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, putting it in a place where we can interact with it, that God sent his son to engage with people. So we had a need, Jesus to come and die for our sins. God had something in plenty and excess, so he sent Jesus to come and, and work into our needs. So the, what verse 9, the way for you to love this world in the way that God is calling you to love this world, is to find a place in you where you have plenty, you have excess, and go and give that away. This is your, your direction. This is your call. So that we might live through him. Um, Eugene Peterson says this about that. You were meant to live through him. Eugene Peterson says This is life bigger and better than you could ever dream. More life, more purpose, more joy than you can imagine. So this is, there's two pieces to this. There's an inner piece, and then there's a a go and, and sent piece to this verse. God made his love manifest among us by sending Jesus, his son, into our lives so that we might live through him. We might have this bigger and better life than we could ever dream. God did that for you. But more than just God did that for you, God has sent you to be that. It's your purpose. Verse 10, and this is the heart of the verse, um, or the heart of the, the scripture, the heart of the message, the heart of this is the gospel in, in one verse. Um, and by the way, every, every sermon in the next nine weeks after today, we're going to have a gospel verse. And I would encourage you to memorize this gospel verse. In our house, I'm writing on a dry, with a dry erase marker on our mirror the verse. This has been on our mirror now for, for two weeks because it's supposed to be last week's sermon. Um, so I encourage you to memorize verses. If, if you don't memorize verses, this might be a, a good way to start, memorizing verses, and this is the one. Verse 10, in this is love. This is the definition of love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, which just means payment. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. Stop and and consider the depth of the gospel there. This is love. Love is, I see someone that I love who can't do something. I can I'm going to interact with them and give to them what they can't give to themselves.
Love is sacrifice for the sake of another. You guys, I think this is so vitally important. That we might love as Christ has loved us. Ending with verse 11, which is giving you specific instructions. Beloved, and there's that word again, dearly loved person. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I love you. Okay, I'm going to say the same thing twice in a row here. John speaking. This is me telling you what this verse means. I love you. And if God loved us this way, the verse 10 way, we also ought to love one another that way. Now, here's Rick talking to North Church. I love you. And we've just seen how incredible God, how, how, how incredible that God's love for us is. We've just seen it. Analyzing verse 10. Now let's go and love each other that way. Um, I want you to stop now. Um, I don't do this very often, but I, I, I want to do this. If you would, bow your, bow your head and close your eyes. And I want you to think. Consider an area or two where you have excess, where you have plenty. I'll give you some ideas. Your money, your time, your energy, a, a gift that you have, a physical gift, an emotional gift, a, a tangible gift, an intangible gift. And then here's one a little bit more abstract, passion. Where has God given you a passion? Here's the truth of the gospel, and here's the truth of 1 John 4. God intends for you to give that away. You have plenty in these areas, not for yourself. How often do we spend our money, our time, our energy, our gifts, our passions on us? Do you know that where you have plenty in those areas, your tendency is to spend those on yourself or you might feel good about yourself because you spend those on people that love you. And this is where I feel convicted. 
feel really good about myself because I give my time, money, and energy, and gifts, and passion away to people that love me. I don't give it, I don't give it to myself. I give it to people that love me. But the gospel presses in further. You have plenty in the area that you're thinking of for the purpose of weaving the gospel into your world. So, in just a second, I'm going to stop talking and Kelly and Josh are going to come up here and sing. My hope is that we take that response time and listen to the Lord speak truth over us and tell us to go and mentor someone, to befriend someone, to make something for somebody, to babysit for somebody, to give money to somebody, to volunteer somewhere. If you really love God, you know him, and he sends you out to love. You guys, this, these next few minutes could be life-changing for you and somebody else that you're being called to love and to serve. Ask God to press the love of God deeper into you to become what you were created to be and to give yourself away as Christ gave himself away. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for your son Jesus. God, thank you for how much you love us. God, thank you not just for how much you love us, but how you love us. And how your love was active and into our time of, and place of need, even when we were not lovable to you. God, thank you. God, I pray now that the habit of response time would not keep us from continuing to engage in you. God, that you would send us, motivate us to go and love well. God, I pray maybe you bring someone specific to mind for us to, to love. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.